You're listening to The Pastor Pod, sharing what we're learning to help you lead well in our culture today. This podcast is hosted by pastors Josh Robinson and Jay Mudd. Their goal is to be real, transparent, and let you in on what pastors really think about stuff. Welcome back to The Pastor Pod. I'm here with my good buddy Jay Mudd again for another episode of of a really honest conversation today. I'm looking forward to having this uh, conversation about uh, how do we help understand why churches stop growing? What are some signs of when churches start to decline and, and then some ways to, to help each church get back on, on mission. But Hey, Jay, we're on episode 35. Look at that. We're going, we're, we're moving right along. Who would have thought 35 episodes we'd be, we'd be having 35 episodes. Who would have thought, I don't know. It's uh, it's been a fun journey. We've had lots of good conversations. I'm drinking out of a cup, uh, first coast churches, Oh, nice. um, that's a friend of ours uh, that's been on the podcast a couple times, Bob Bumgarner. So shout out to him. And uh, yeah, so how's how, how are things going on the island uh, down the there island. in your in your in your paradise, Josh? <laughs> yeah, down in Southwest Florida, doing well, man. We're uh, we're ramping up for summer. Our kids, this is the last week of school. So by the time by the time we go live with this podcast, they will fully be in summer. But you know, when we're recording this, they literally have like one and a half days left, maybe. We're taking oh. them out the last day of school, actually, oh, to go on a trip. Really? Look so at they're, you. Why would yeah, you we're that? letting them skip the last day of school, right? Wow. Well, Does that make us cool parents or are or, or not cool parents? So check this out. You guys are on your last day and a half of school. And my kids are, um, we have, after this week, we have three weeks left. So wow. we don't get out until the end of June. So my kids get really mad when they hear about, uh, students getting out. I was in uh, Florida actually uh, doing some uh, work in Florida uh, a couple weeks ago and, or maybe it was last, I can't remember at this point, it all blurs together, but a buddy of mine was like, yeah, this is our last week of school. And I was like, oh my goodness. Everybody's yeah. It's crazy. School. Yeah. So, so this year has been quote unquote normal for Florida. Usually we end right, right at Memorial day weekend, either right before, or right after. How about that? So yeah, it's pretty cool. It's that? hot as blazes, man. It's 90 something degrees already. So we are ready. For, it's, it is it is fully summer in the state of Florida. How about that? It is not here in Massachusetts. My windows are open. The birds are chirping. There's a cool breeze. I'm not wearing a hoodie, so it's definitely warmer. Uh, the Jeep doors are off. The top is off. And so yeah. it's definitely good weather to be outside in Massachusetts. And so our our summer has not started yet. We don't get summer until July or August here. So that's where we're at. But, uh, yeah, so Josh, things are good on the Island. Then, um, I love, uh, I love, I I can't wait to come visit someday down there that Island I've never actually been. And so I'm hoping to see you this summer to have to host you and your family. So yeah, we need to work work that out. We'll work that out. We'll work that offline, but that's not what everybody came to listen to today. Uh, today we want to talk about how we can, we can examine how we can be observant, how we can know if growth stops within the local church and so I think before we even start, we probably need to define some terms because um, growth can mean a lot of different things. Um, but for our purpose here, Josh, let's take a moment and define what, it, what does it mean to stop growing? What does it mean when uh, things stop growing within the context of the local church? How would you define that? So when I think, when I think of stop growing, it's not just numerical growth or, or more people. I think it's, it's health, right? So healthy things grow, healthy things grow deeper, they grow bigger, they grow stronger. So I think some different ways to know is a church struggling or, or, or they're declining 
uh, or even they're, they're plateaued and, and they're not seeming to move, move forward. Sometimes churches are unhealthy because of division. Sometimes there's financial problems sometimes, and we'll get into more of those as we talk, but, you know, I think ultimately our new people getting connected, um, are people coming to Christ? Are, is, is baptism normal? Um, are there new small groups starting? Stuff like that. Yeah, and, and I think you're on the right track there. I think there's some questions that church leaders should be asking themselves on a regular, regular pay, you know, regular occurrence. We should always be evaluating, self-evaluating. Um, I think if we wait until the alarms are noticeable, then we might have waited too long. Um, you know, when we start saying, hey, no one's showing up anybody or because uh, that's a result. That's a, that's a, a, you know, something that is taking place because of a root, a more of a root issue. Uh, when finances, you know, start tanking drastically, then those are, those are symptoms of a deeper rooted issue that's taking place. Mm-hmm. So I think asking these right questions mm-hmm. are something we should be doing on a, on a regular basis. Um, I think a general question, you've asked a lot of different questions. There are people getting connected or people coming into Christ or they getting baptized, new small groups starting, um, are people taking new steps of faith in their, you know, in their journey of their faith? Um, I'm a little bit uh, biased towards this because we named our church Milestone uh, for the fact that we wanted to see people take new steps in their faith. And so one of the things we're evaluating is that because uh, growth is not, as you mentioned earlier, growth is not just numbers. If we just play the number game, um, there's a lot of charismatic leaders that can fill a room full of people, but that doesn't mean growth per se. That just means you can fill a room full of people. Growth is when you, you know, when the dad is starting to lead his family in prayer. Growth is when, you know, we're beginning to share our faith on the ball field. Mm-hmm. Growth is when we're being intentional about the groups of people we hang out with. Growth mm-hmm. is when we take those new steps of faith that aren't as noticeable. Maybe even, uh, maybe no one's really noticing it, but you know, Hey, God is prompting me to do more. I feel like I'm maybe as Paul says in step with the spirit, I'm keeping in step with the spirit Mm. of God. And I think that is when we, those are the things we need to be asking. Now that becomes a little bit harder to measure, which we'll talk about in a bit as well. But I believe it's important that we're asking those questions because if we just base it off of numbers, if COVID and the global pandemic tells anything is numbers are not what we need to be uh, Mm. measuring our growth by. And so that being said, I would say that's how you define growing is, are you seeing people taking new steps in their faith journey? Are they moving closer to Christ? Is their lives being transformed? And that comes out in a lot of different ways. And so I would say that's how we would define growth. So I think we're on the same page Mm -hmm. with that. But for our purposes today, when we're talking about growth, that is what we're talking about. Now, uh, I think it's alarming because I think many pastors will not notice a decline in this type of growth. Um, so Josh, if a pastor is listening, they're going, okay, how do I know if my church is declining? How do I know if we're not growing? What are some indicators that you would, uh, you would, you would say, I would say, I'll, 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 I would say engagement is probably one of the mm-hmm. key things that I would mm-hmm. look at is like, are people yeah. engaging? Um, yeah. Are they, are they not just attending, but are they engaging? There's a difference in attending and yeah. engaging. Um, but yeah. what, what would you say? Yeah, I think what you said about COVID's big. I had a really good lunch with a local pastor, and we were talking about kind of our stories, and we had similar stories of starting at our churches in the COVID season when it first came out, and just the challenge and the the joy and the difficulty of that. And and I think at least in the state of Florida, I know it's a little been a lot harder for you up north. Anybody listening that's out west or in in maybe a really difficult state with the rules and the guidelines it's been different for all of us. So I get that. 
Um, but I do think COVID, COVID told us the truth about some things. I think it revealed who was truly um, a leader, who was truly committed to the church. I think it brought out really if our church was flexible enough to, tr to change and try new things. You know, so every church that was anti-online uh, changed their theology. Right. I mean, I mean, I, I talked to a pastor here that that does work with senior homes. You know, there's there's a lot of uh, retirees and, you know, he had to figure out how to connect with uh, people that are that are uh, in these homes where, where they couldn't physically be with them. And just no matter how old the church is or young the church is, we all had to find a way to engage and connect with people. And so, yeah, we weren't in buildings for a season. Every church is different. But yeah, engagement's big. That's that's huge. Are they are they engaging in church? Are they a part of the church? Um, is there is there a lack of passion in the leadership? Is there complacency? I think one of the biggest issues, probably for all of us as pastors, leaders, is we can get to the point to where um, if we are growing or we've seen some success, we can just kind of ride the wave and and stop really seeking and really seeking the Lord and really having a hunger for him. Because in growth seasons, it can sometimes feel like we're doing it or that because of all that we've done, we're seeing growth. And yes, we have a part to play in God's mission. But if we, if we ever get to the point to where we're uh, complacent when it's growing or complacent because it's not growing and we might have excuses or reasons why our church is not helping create more and better disciples through the gospel, then I think that's probably a big part of it. And then how many committed leaders do you have? How many, how is your developmental process for developing leaders and equipping and empowering? So I think a lot of those indicators reveal if a church is going to grow, because I, you know, I really believe, I don't know who said it, that God will send people to the church that's going to disciple them best, that's going to be ready for them, that's going to be hungering to help them come to Christ, be baptized and grow. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think there's a big piece of that. But yeah, like you said, man, engagement is the big word. Well, I think you said something very interesting that I maybe we should just uh, sit on for just a second because you said, you know, leaders, they get to a point when there is a growing season where they become complacent. And uh, we do know that, you know, you can only lead your church as far as you're growing. Mm -hmm. And so I think maybe one of the things that uh, one of the self-reflected things we can do as leaders is if we're thinking through this idea of growth or lack of growth, if there's a decline in growth, we we could, you know, one of the self checks we could do is like, are am, am I currently growing? Do am I see, I, yeah. Do I am see I growth do in me? Because if I don't see growth in me, if I'm yeah. not growing, then chances are my church is not growing. And yeah. I think this is huge. Am I engaged? Am I, am engaged I passionate in about the mission? Um, I think this am is I personally sharing my faith. Am I, do, am I doing the things I'm preaching about? And it's so funny, you know, my, our families, my kids, you know, Cassidy, my wife, you know, they're so helpful and encouraging, but like, they're honest with me, right? Cause they see the real me. They right. see me on my good days, my bad days and my close friends, but it's important for me to, to not be a completely different person from who's up there on Sunday to who's at home. And, and there's not always a perfection there or, or an idea that we're going to have it all together, but I, I need to be praying. I need to be, I need to be praying for that next person to come to Christ. I, I need to have time on my schedule and we need to have time on our schedule where we're with people that aren't believers. We're, we're, we're in the community doing what we're calling our people to do. We're modeling, you know, by God's grace, Hey, follow me as I follow Christ. We're saying 
And even if your church is not quote unquote growing with more people or, or, or more ministries or, or more leaders, no matter how large, small, medium size, whatever title you put to it at the very, very core of it, I really do believe that if I, as a leader ever get to the place to where I am just like autopilot going through the motions, complacent, um, you know, you get to the point where you're a professional pastor. I think you coined that a while back when we were talking through some of these different topics a few months ago. If I ever get to the point where it's like a job and not a calling where I'm, I'm truly dependent upon the spirit of God and confessing sin, being real with the Lord, being real with people close to me. I think that's when, that's when not only leaders fall, but, but churches start to lose their passion. And, and I think the tangible presence of the spirit of God I do God, I do believe God takes his hand off, off of churches. And, and, uh, you know, it's almost like revelation three, where he's knocking on the door saying, yeah, I stand at the door and knock. Right. If anyone here, let me in. And that, that's what that, the context of that verse, right. It's usually taken out of context. Jesus is knocking on the door of a church saying, I need to come in and right. you've locked me out. So I think at the very core of it, out of all this that we're talking about today, if I ever get to the point where, um, I'm not hungering and personally worshiping Jesus, and being real, then I think over time, no matter if your church is up and to the right or it's struggling, it all that is secondary. It all begins with us and our personal walk with Jesus. Yeah, I, I agree. And out of that, and out of flow, out what flows out of that, out of mm-hmm. your growth, and you're the is that's where. Remember, you're you're the the leader of the church, the one that God has placed as the leader of that church, whether it be a plurality of elders, however you're structured or whatnot. Um, whoever's leading that church, it, it is, we have a responsibility to stay close to Christ, to stay healthy, because out of that flows uh, vision, strategy, goals, things of that sort. And I think these are the, these are the reasons why many times our churches are stalling and we can go to a program. We can, we can, and you and I are familiar with some of these terms and maybe you are listening, you are as well. You know, you can create your vision frame, you can create a strategy, you can do all these things, but if you yourself are not healthy, you're not going to have the stamina to sustain it. You're not going to be the one driving yeah. it and you've got to be the one driving it. And so we mm-hmm. can look at it, but again, lack of vision, lack of strategy, lack of measurable goals, lack of these things um, are symptoms. We have to understand mm-hmm. those are symptoms right. of a core rooted issue, which typically rises and falls on the leadership of the church that is driving and leading others. Um, and so that's what I would say is when you, when you're looking at this growth and you're trying to, you know, identify whether or not the church is in a state of growing, um, are people growing closer to Christ? Are people engaged? You know, you look to yourself and you say, okay, am I really effectively communicating the vision of this church that God has put on my heart that I'm staying close to God and hearing from God so that I can communicate it to this church? Um, you know, that's going to drive me and give me the passion to come up with, the strategy or whatever is needed to, uh, you know, lead our church in the right direction, the direction that God has called our church to do in our community. And that is where these goals are going to be set. And so that I I would agree with everything you're saying. Um, But, you know, do you agree that the fact that these, when there's lack of vision strategy, when things are not clicking and things are that it's, it's, you know, these are, these are symptoms of a core thing you're right on with it because it reveals what's really at the heart of the church or the heart of the leaders. And, you know, this is a hard conversation because I, I've talked to so many pastors just this last few weeks, actually had a lunch the other day with a bunch of guys. And, you know, there's, 
and there's a lot of brokenness in our culture. So I, I want whoever's listening to know it's not all about just up and to the right and bigger is better. And this idea that we're just trying to grow these larger quote unquote ministries that are viewed as successful. And I think that's a whole nother discussion is what is success in the kingdom of God. Of course, Jesus flipped the paradigm and always pushed back on the man-made idea that the greatest is the one that is served. No, he said the greatest is the one that served. The greatest is the one that puts others first. The greatest is the one that is humble, not prideful. So I think that needs to be at the heart of our leadership. But I really feel like there's a sadness and even a depression among pastors. Um, I know I've been through my own waves of that the last couple of years of just not only the daily grind of, 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 of counseling and, and encouraging people, uh, but finding time for your own health. You know, I just started, I, I, I haven't probably told you this, Jay, but this last three weeks, I've been back exercising regularly. Now, I do a lot with the kids and as you do, and I'm running around and all that, but I could tell when my health is not good it affects everything else. Or, or if I'm not exercising like I should, it affects. So I would say just that whole idea of exercise until I did the thing that I didn't want to do. I didn't receive the result that I was hoping for. And so a lot of what we're talking about today is going back to the fundamentals, going back to the basics. Um, Micah's in a little bitty basketball training uh, group on Monday nights, a bunch of dads, we put it together. It's at the YMCA. And we're literally taking the kids like, this is how you dribble. This is how you hold the ball before you shoot the ball. This is how you hold the ball before you shoot it. This is how, this is literally how you hold the ball up in the air before you shoot it. Uh, we're, we're, t we're going over like minute and half the kids are like, oh, I know this already. Now, many of them don't, but they think they do. And I really think that principle of like, oh, we've already done that. Oh, yeah, everybody in our church knows while we're here. I mean, yeah, our leaders know what the mission of the church is. I mean, yeah, who, who would ever question that? I would push back on that and say, I would, I, would, I, would, I would say a lot of churches, a lot of leadership, staff, um, deacons, elders, I would probably say most churches, if you were to go in there and ask, what is the reason the church is here? What is the mission of the church? You wouldn't get the same answer from everybody. Well, you're, what you're saying is actually, I mean, it's again, a couple of weeks ago, I gave this illustration where at the time of this recording, we're, we're, we're in NBA finals, right? We're watching mm -hmm. the NBA finals. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned, I went to a, uh, a Celtics game. Uh, I missed my daughter's softball game, went to a Celtics game. Um, and one of the things that anytime you go to a professional game, whether it be baseball, I mean, really any professional game, uh, but basketball, if you go and you watch and you pay attention to these professional basketball players before the game, after halftime, what are they doing? They're, they're shooting free throws. They're, they're shooting shots that you're like, okay, those are just, those are day in and day out. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. I, I, here's the thing that you can, you, you know, about basketball. I know about basketball. How many games are won or lost by one or two points? Mm -hmm. A ton how many free throws are missed within a factor of a game? Mm -hmm. One, two, three games are won and lost. No matter what sport you're playing, no matter what you're doing, games are won and lost by some of the most fundamental basic things. Yeah. And I told, I told our church in the illustration, I said, don't ever get to a place where you're too good to shoot a free throw or practice shooting mm -hmm. a free throw. Mm -hmm. As leaders and as pastors, we got to be very careful not to get to a place where we're too good to share our own faith. We're too good 
to just do the simple, basic things that we're supposed to be doing. I think we we overcomplicate things a lot within the context mm-hmm. of the local church. Um, and because we're overcomplicating things, I mean, and again, I don't know. I didn't read enough. I saw Bradenton, Florida. That's near you, isn't it? Down there near mm-hmm. you, right? Yeah, it's north of us, about 45 minutes. There's a pastor who now is using like uh, some major technology to where he can be at live at all nine campuses through a hologram or something Ooh. like that. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's cool technology and all, but I mean, I'm, I'm hey, thinking to myself, who what? has who who's never wanted to be beam beam me up, Scotty? Well, that's actually the reference they used in the article <laughs> I wrote was like it was all this kind of Star, Star Trek, Trek, yeah, Star Trek stuff. Uh. And I'm not here to knock what people, but I mean, there's a mm-hmm. comes a point in time where we overcomplicate things a little bit, where yeah, I was yeah, those foundational I, biblical spiritual discipline types of things that we need to be doing mm-hmm. will actually go a lot further. I, I was listening to the Unstuck Church podcast. If you don't listen to it, you should. But they were discussing what do we focus on because so much has changed or seems to be changing. And what they were saying was instead of just focusing on what's changing and, and to be aware of it, focus on what doesn't change. Every generation has people that need Jesus. Every generation has people that are grieving, that are hurting, that are angry, that are bitter, that need to learn to forgive, that don't know how to to read their Bible and pray and don't know how to lead their family spiritually, all these things. So I'd rather focus on what we can do to change and see heart change on every person uh, than just all the things that we can't help and we can't change or even even put our put our whole understanding around. Right. I, I This is, I mean, obviously we can only cover so much within the context of a podcast uh, today, but I think there's this, this awareness that we need to know. And I think if we wait for the symptoms to be so alarming that we never we never deal with the core things, like you were just talking about with working out, with talking about exercising, you can put off exercising for years and years and years and years, and all of a sudden you end up with some kind of health issue, and really that health issue is a symptom of lack of exercise. And lack it's drastic because it, it's usually the doctor saying, if you don't do this, then this is going to happen. And so it's a wake-up call, and most churches – will wait to that time. And I've talked to many churches over the years. They will literally go down with the ship without releasing and saying, let's part. Now it's happening. It's awesome. Stories of God just partnering with plants, uh, plants and revitalization, all of those great things. But man, I don't, I don't want us as pastors to wait until we get to a point to make a change. When even in growth, even if everything seems to be good, we should still ask the question, what needs to change to be more like Jesus? How do we get better? How do we grow closer to Christ? And that's I don't think you ever stop. You never stop learning. I mean, that's what you're you're really getting at. I mean, that's well, that's and again, I think we're getting to the core of it. This is that the fact. Don't wait until the symptoms are so alarming that you know you got some major health issues that are clear and evident. Right? You're 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 sick. There's mm-hmm. a sickness. You gotta, you gotta actually find some ways to where we can, we can continue to stir that growth. And so, maybe sure. one of the things we can, we can, we can sit on here as we, as we think about this conversation is what, what can you do to ensure that you don't get to a point where it's completely unhealthy and you, you find yourself with a, with a sick church that has gone down this road and not, not dealt with things. What, what are some ways that we can, we can identify and stir growth continually as a day in, day in rhythm, day in and day out rhythm on the life of the church. I, I think one of the first things is kind of what we're talking about is this idea of just being honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think sometimes we have a hard time being honest with where we are. 
I know a little bunch of pastors get into a room. How you doing? Oh, we're doing great. Everything's, oh, everything's fantastic. great. Oh, fantastic. Oh, I am awesome. amazing. And then like yeah. they go home and we're all like, man, I'm really discouraged. <laughs> you know, it's right. like, <laughs> I, don't know if we're, I don't know if we're gonna make it. I don't know if we're gonna make it. Oh, that's Josh calling. Hey, Josh, what's up? Oh, everything's oh, fantastic. Man, yeah, we're doing you know, great. The Lord's and moving. if you know, if you know me and Jay, if we're struggling, we'll tell you because because at the end of the day, why why go through ministry and life and uh, and fake fake it till you make it? We're made to be real and authentic. That's right. That's and, where and real again, growth happens. Yeah. And I think, I think our churches need to see that our, our people need to see that as well. And so uh, I think being honest is one of the first steps of identifying and, and really stirring growth is going, okay, let's be honest with our weaknesses. Let's be honest with where we're messing up. I know as a staff, we do that every single week. We talk about what went right, what went wrong, what can we correct? Mm-hmm. Um, so we celebrate, we do celebrate mm-hmm. the things that go right, but we also go, Hey, let's be honest. What happened this weekend that did not go well, mm-hmm. you know, um, one of the reports that I got back was funny a couple of weeks ago. Apparently my, uh, my teaching was a little long a couple of weeks ago and, uh, Grayson, our worship, he decided to fill out the form for our staff meeting, um, at the end. And he's in it. And the comment was just, I got it the next day. And it said, um, and currently as I'm typing this, Jay is still preaching at <laughs> such and such, such and such time. And I was like, Oh, I can see you're paying attention to the end either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also want to mention you were late coming back up for the response. No, I'm oh, joking. there no, it no, is. No. Yes, there it is. But no, we're honest. We're honest about like, right. hey, that's a little long. People yeah, are let's tapping work out, on Jay. It. Let's 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 and rein that takes, in. But that takes humility. That takes. I mean, and we've got to set the bar and say, how how can I get better? How can I grow? I we do that with our team and try to just maintain a a, a humble spirit amongst the team to say, hey, really, it's ultimately not about me or us. It's about focus and clarity on the gospel right and and so that's if, as long as you frame it yeah and, and it's an encouraging spirit I, mean, I love feedback time as long as it's 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 encouraging but also you're able to coach one another with a with a spirit of love not a spirit of you know i can't wait to i can't wait to give him a zinger and make him right. feel terrible um i think along with that evaluation is huge being honest is huge I think just very basically, I think a lot of churches have, have stopped preaching the, the gospel, clearly. I really do. Um, Cassie, uh, my wife said something the other day. She was reading, I think it was a tweet or maybe it was a book, and it was someone that made a comment. It was, actually, it was, a, it was an interview with a really famous uh, musician, and they kept talking about religion. You know, I grew up with religion, and really, um, and, and, they, and they weren't necessarily believers in Jesus, but they were just talking about religion and religion stifles and religions this. And, and, and the whole time she, she came back and told me, she's like, they, they weren't taught the gospel. They were taught religion. And that's what they think. That's what they think church is. It's really a, a, a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so a lot of people in, in churches, and this is all across America, just, and I'm seeing it here as they're moving here from everywhere to live here. Um, most people really have never truly understood and really taken into the heart what the gospel truly is. So I think a lot of churches, we can't get away from it. The gospel needs to be at the very center of all we do. Um, and then I think another reason churches are struggling is we've lost our passion to reach people. We've lost our passion to think about that next person. And maybe we want that. Like we we want people to come. I mean, I don't think anybody listening says, I don't want anybody to come to my church. But my question is, are we praying for them? Are we creating an environment? Are we preparing for them? So when they do come, we're loving them and connecting them. And then at the very core, Jay, is just a lack of prayer. I think when churches start declining, they stop praying. They really stop praying. And I don't mean 
having a quick prayer time. I mean, like confession of sin, being real. Um, when I was in Bible college, I helped my brother, Jeff, who was a pastor, a little town in Iron City and uh, 300 people. Uh, imagine, I think I might've mentioned this before, but imagine white, uh, you know, wooden old church by a cotton field and a wonderful people I had such a great time there. But there was a gentleman in the city that came to my brother and said, Hey, listen, this, this town's kind of old and there's not a lot of going on. And I just want you to know, don't set your, your sights too high. This church will really never grow. So just, you know, just do your time. You know, I know you're going to need to go do bigger and better things, but you know, just don't even, don't even worry about that. Just, just kind of just, it was almost like just check it off the box that you give a sermon, you sing some songs, you do some counseling, and then you move on. And I remember that conversation with Jeff. And if, if we have him on again, I'm sure we could speak more to it, but we did the opposite. We actually spent time like on our knees. And I remember that season. I was young and dumb, didn't know a whole lot. But what, what my brother modeled for me was I'd find him in his room on his face, um, praying for people to come to Christ, praying for, for life change, praying for a revival in that, in that region. This is, this is Southwest Florida, uh, Georgia. This is not a quote unquote destination. People are not probably moving there. Uh, for, you know, from every place. Um, but God did a work there. You know, those, those years I was there, we saw many people baptized. We saw salvation. We saw people breaking chains of addiction. And I really do believe it came from that heart cry of God, we believe you can do something. And I think for, for most of us listening in today, if you're a pastor leader, um, don't ever discount just getting real getting along with other leaders and just crying out to God for his, his salvation. And I think that's what our, I get emotional thinking about it, but that's what our world needs. I mean, that's, that's what our communities need. That's what our, that's what I need is right. never get to the point where we've arrived. I don't care how small or big your church is ultimately. I, and I've heard it said, there's nothing wrong with a small church, but there is something wrong with a small vision. And, uh, at the end of the day, whether you're in an Iron City type of environment or whether you're in a large city, whether you have a huge platform or whether you are a, you're learning how to, how to teach for the first time or you're a small group leader or you are a greeter at church, if we all have that spirit of prayer that, God, we believe you can do something powerful and mighty, um, and I'm willing to be a part of that. Boy, I get emotional thinking about that, but that, that's the church. Right. And that's, that's, that's the whole point of this podcast really is just talking about how can the church, how can leaders, how can pastors, how can we as people uh, stir one another on uh, to live out, live out the gospel. So um, gosh, I didn't mean to go all go that deep here, Jay, on the pastor pod, but I, man, hey, it really hit me. It hit me this week. I it hit me this week. I had some, you know, I think it's good. I think it's good. And I think, uh, I think we should just leave it there. Actually. I think that's where we could, uh, we need to settle in. And I think people need to hear, um, I think we all need to, we need to have a season of, of checking, checking ourselves, being honest, evaluation, self-evaluation, you know, where, where am I on this? Have I lost my passion to preach the gospel? Have I lost my passion to see people saved? Have I lost my passion to get on my face and say, God, you can do more. And I, I want to see you do more. I want that. Uh, I want a front row seat to watching you do more than I can think or imagine as Paul said in Ephesians. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, churches are 
growth is not what I think we define it as and many times in the church is, you know, butts and seats and, and money in a bank account. All those things are symptoms of health and symptoms of growth. Um, but at the core of it, it comes down to, are we healthy? Are our people healthy? Are they taking steps forward um, in their walk with Christ? And so, Josh, with that being said, I just want to encourage everybody. We would love to hear from you. Continue to reach out to us. You can reach us at thepastorpod at gmail.com. Follow us on social media. Uh, but Josh, it's been a good, fun conversation. Thank you for being real and transparent and passionate. Um, thank you for leading us well in that area. And so uh, from Josh and myself here at the Pastor Pod, we hope you have a fantastic weekend. And we hope to see you back here next week for another episode. Have a great weekend.